Welcome to episode 90, a very special episode, because at the end of the episode we have a very big announcement to make. So, please, listen all the way through. So, John, what is the funniest holiday you ever had? Well, I went on a family holiday to Italy when I was about 19, Mm -hmm. and it was just mortifying from start to finish, because my dad became the biggest little Englander in the world. He never spoke a word of Italian. Yeah. So whenever he would ask an Italian person for directions or anything, and they would, you know, respond without comprehension, he would first he'd ask them the question. If they didn't respond, he would shout at them. Mm-hmm. Then, if they still didn't understand, he would shout at them in a really terrible Italian accent. <laughs> and then, if that didn't work, he would shout at them really slowly, as if they were idiots, in a really thick Italian accent, while waving his hands like this. Uh, and, <laughs> It was truly, <laughs> truly mortifying. I just remember me and my mum and my brothers just hanging back about like a foot away from me being like, oh my God, this is actually happening. <laughs> oh, I love it. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And we have a guest on this week, um, mm-hmm. the fabulous Charlie Dudley from Why Did I Do That podcast. Hello, how's it going? It's going great, Charlie, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very honoured to be asked on here. Well, can I just say, Harry very seldom describes our guest as fabulous, so oh. uh, you've, you've done something right already. I will take that. I'm going to put that on my CV. <laughs> the fabulous Charlie Dudley. <laughs> and so, Charlie, you've... Uh, well, uh, I should probably say that I've, I've guested on your show beforehand, so I'll just give you a little moment to tell us what your show is, the context of where you came from. Uh, so I do a show called Why Did I Do That, which is a show... I've said show twice already, and I'm going to say it a few more times. Uh, it's a show where we share embarrassing stories, and I've had Harry come on, and he talked about his lovely trip to Amsterdam. Yes, I've heard the episode, and it is, it's a hoot, but I have told <laughs> Harry many times to stop telling that story, because it doesn't reflect well on him at all. But would he listen? No, he decides to go public with it. But. Yeah, I don't know. One day I'll become like a... A really famous politician or something, oh, and this podcast Lord, will no. come back and bite me in the ass. Not anymore. Dear God, <laughs> if that podcast recording is responsible for keeping you out of politics for life, <laughs> I think, Charlie, you've done a good service to the world right there already. So. Oh, thank you. That's what I aim to do. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the film that uh, you've brought today, Charlie, The Way Way Back. Yeah, tell us about it. Uh, so it is, it's a nice little film. Uh, about a boy who goes to work in a water park while he's on a summer holiday with his mum, her boyfriend, and his daughter. And it's just a lovely coming-of-age, feel-good film, and I love it. Uh, had you ever seen this before, Harry? Because I hadn't. No, no, I'd not seen it. I've not even heard of it before. No, I think I'd vaguely heard of it, because it's got Tony Collette in it as the mum, and she's one of my big, big favourite actresses. So as soon as I saw that she was on the cast, I was like, Yay! And, yeah, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed this. I really thought this was lovely. I, I was wondering where you were gonna, how you were going to take this, John, because I could see that either you were going to really enjoy it or you were going to absolutely detest it. Okay. Well, it's funny because I didn't know anything about it other than the title. I watched the trailer first just mm-hmm. to get a sense of it, and I kind of thought, oh, this looks crap. <laughs> so I went, in, I went in with kind of low expectations. Because I don't know if you've seen the trailer recently, Charlie, but it makes it look a lot more 
generic than it is. Oh, uh, okay. No, I haven't watched the trailer since like it was coming out in cinemas, whenever that was. Yeah, I, it just I think it just doesn't do a great job of showing the subtleties of the film. So I kind of went in with loads of moderate expectations. But actually, as a film, I, I really, really warmed to it. I thought it was really charming. I think the acting really elevates it across the board. I think that the kid is great. And the writing is so good. I found it really relatable. I felt like I've, I felt like I'd been that kid. Mm. Yeah, I really it really yeah. takes you back to like being that awkward teenager. That it captures that perfect that time in your life when because he's fourteen, right? Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, it really captures that time in your life when you are so awkward and self conscious, and then the stuff he goes through. It really, it really yeah, it, it warm it warmed and broke my heart at different moments. So <laughs> I really, really did enjoy it wholeheartedly. Oh, I'm glad that you liked it. I was worried when I told Harry and he was like, I've never even heard of that. I was like, oh God, you're both going to hate it. You're never going to want me to, gonna want me to come back again. <laughs> to be fair, you could have said The Godfather and Harry might have been like, oh, I've never even heard of it. Like, I've <laughs> heard of The Godfather. <laughs> really boring and really long. <laughs> well, there you go. You heard it here first. The way we're back, better than The Godfather. They're going to put that on their poster. Yeah. I don't know why they're making a new poster, but they are and that's good. <laughs> Let me ask you something. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think you are? Duncan, I'm asking you how you see yourself. Scale of 1 to 10. I don't know. I can't hear you, bud. You have to speak up. I don't know. Pick any number. Scale of 1 to 10. Just just shout it out. Just say a number. A 6. A what? A 6. I think you're a three. What about this film do you think particularly appeals to you, Charlie? Like you said, the writing. Every like weird story that Sam Rockwell tells. And just, he is incredible in this film. I feel like he's been peak Sam Rockwell. Oh, he is. And it's incredible. Mm. Alison Janney is probably my favourite in this film as well. She is just horrible, but hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yeah, I'm glad we're getting to this. <laughs> okay, so... Alison Janney plays like the friend of the family. Well, the friend of Steve Carell, who is the, the mum's new boyfriend. And they're all going to his summer house. So basically Tony Collette and the son Duncan are thrust into this kind of pre-existing group of old friends. And so Alison Jenny is the first one to meet. They pull up at this holiday home on the beach and she comes staggering out. And it's like five minutes into the film. And I immediately had to just hit pause and take a long, hard <laughs> look at her capri pants. <laughs> <laughs> what store did she buy? She must have made those herself, right? What store would stock those? I think that's repurposing old net curtains is how you make one of those. Possibly, yeah, because the, dis- the placement of the illustrations was so bizarre. Like, because <laughs> there's like on, on each leg on the fire, there's these two really weird mismatchy, one's like a horse. Mm-hmm. And then another one, I don't know what it is. I couldn't get a clear look at it. And the, but the, it, they're just so weirdly placed. It, and then she turned around. It was even worse from the back. I'm going to show you the picture, Harry, because I'm getting a blank look that I often get from you when I'm describing fashion related things. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is bizarre. So, so from the front, it's this. Ah, uh, yes, there's yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's like a, a knight on a horse on one thigh, and then much higher up, there's some kind of. I don't even know what that is. Is it a wasp? Is it steampunk? <laughs> I don't know. But then on the back, it's just on the back of one knee. There's just a. <laughs> there's, what store would sell that? I, I, I don't so, know. So. I felt like I knew a lot about her character immediately based on that. So. <laughs> I loved how she came in and we just get like five minutes of solid gossip, um, which <laughs> she just fully went for. I love how she's saying things like, oh, and yet Peter, you know Peter. Yeah, well, he had that surgery on his eye and now it looks even worse. And then five <laughs> minutes later, Peter's her like 10-year-old son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how was your winter? Mine was terrible. My niece got raped. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, she was fantastic. So how was your winter? Bizarre year was a challenge. My niece was raped in October. Oh my God. I know, not even food courts are safe. Oh, and Bob, that's my ex-husband, finally came out of the closet. Not a shock. Let's just say in bed, his favorite view was the back of my head. Now my oldest, Charlie, is still into the drugs and psychedelic music. The drugs, I get, but come on, Gary Garcia is dead. Get over it already. Gary? Oh, and Peter, finally got his surgery to fix his lazy eye. Now it's even worse. Boop. Try to get him to wear an eye patch so people don't feel, you know, uh, awkward, but what are you gonna do? So they're on the way to this holiday home in this back of this car, and Steve Carell, who just plays, he's the stepdad, just such a horrible, horrible person. Mm. Every time I watch this, I forget how much of a dick he is, and then mm. last night I rewatched it just to sort of fresh it in my mind, and I was just getting so angry. Mm. Oh, every little thing he does, just every, like, condescending, hey, buddy, and I'm like, oh, I want to punch you in your smug face. Mm. Yeah, and again, I think that the performance of the kid is really good, because it really makes you feel the uncomfortableness and the, the sadness, and I really felt protective of him. There were so many times when I wanted yeah. to step through the screen and be like, hey, you leave him alone. Yeah. He's going through some stuff. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite moments of the movie is near the end, where Sam Rockwell steps up and just, like, no, Steve Carell, get lost. Yeah, totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of Sam Rockwell in this? Not not the way he was playing it, just his his character. Was he was he, was he good? Was he bad? Oh, he was definitely a good character. I think like mm-hmm. he was definitely a force for good in the kid's life. I think that's the yeah. Same. But yeah, I mean, having not known where the plot was going to go particularly, mm-hmm. I didn't quite trust him at first. No, I was kind of like, Ooh, I'm never that trustworthy of a forty year old man who's that keen on being. <laughs> considered hilarious and popular with like 14 year old boys yeah because it, it really seemed like that was his crowd like you know he had, it wasn't just this one yeah. kid it was like he, it's all 14 year old boys like there's that little trio that keeps popping up for mm-hmm. and he's doing all these little routines in front of them mm-hmm. i definitely felt like maybe there was like a failed stand-up career in his past somewhere <laughs> you know, like <laughs> well the kids find me funny so it's fine <laughs> And I would say there are elements of this film as well that made me feel a bit icky about him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I guess we're all talking about the same scene at the top of the water yes, slide. Yes, yeah. That, that was, was gross. Yeah, big time. Just... W- w- wish, wish they'd cut that out of the film, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't need to be there. Because basically, he's the water park manager. Yeah. But the whole thing yeah. is he's he's not particularly um, Responsible. professional, no, <laughs> to say the least. And one of his favourite tricks is whenever there's a girl, a hot girl in a bikini, they'll be like, hey, hold hold, hold, and they'll just basically take a long, hard look at her ass. Mm. And the film also takes the opportunity to take a long, hard look at her ass. Yeah. And it never really judges them for it. No. And it's it's awful because it's a kid's water park. Yeah. They're, and they're, they're very much girls. grown adults. And even yeah, if... They're like teenagers. It's very awkward to watch. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like, even if the girls are still early 20s, you know, of age or whatever, sure. it's still, this is a kid's area. And it's not was, okay to stare at women like that anyway. It's not. But also just the way the film... You could tell the film was on their side because it was. It never showed the girls' faces. The couple of times it happens, it just literally cuts from them to like the girls' ass or mm-hmm. the girls' breasts, and it's like this film isn't even giving these women a head. You know, they don't even get a face, and it's just like, oh, this is gross. And it's a shame because that's the what, the only time I thought oh, this film's a bit gross because so much of the rest of it had its heart in such a wonderful place. So it was a, it was mm. a shame that there was there was little bits of sexism in there. But mm. anyway, I did find another bit. Sorry to just start being quite negative, but I, I did think halfway through this film. This is very white. Mm. Although, oh, yeah. you know, the people that are cast in this, and maybe that's just, you know, what that place in the world is like. You know, sure. I, I could see that being sort of a, a rich American's way to relax in summer is I'll go to this one place that just, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way it is. But then no, they do bring in some black characters as the, 
as the break dancers. Yeah, there are three... <laughs> which which really stood out to me. I counted three black people in this film, or three people of non-white people in this film. Uh, two were break dancers, and one was literally just used to clear out a water slide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that scene was hilarious. It was funny, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just the, oh, break, the break I, dancing bit was a bit off. Actually, take it back. To be, to be fair, to give this film its credit, Maya Rudolph is mixed race. Who's that? Yeah. Maya Rudolph is Sam Rockwell's girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, her mum is Minnie Ripperton, who sang that song, Loving You is Easy Because You're Beautiful. Why do you think I know these things? It's the song of the crazy high note, that Loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Do-do-do-do-do. That? No. no. It's a very, <laughs> I know what you're on about. Thank you, Charlotte. Yeah, anyway. Maya Rudolph is mixed race and beautiful and one of my absolute favourite comic actresses. So I was very happy to see her in this as well. Sure. It's a great cast. It's got, yeah, it's it's really got good a cast. really good cast. Yeah. And everyone is like really good in this film. Mm. Yeah, there's no weak link. Everyone's like doing great work. Mm. Even just the people like, I can't remember their real life names, but Joan and Lou, who are like Trent's couple friend, even though they're in it for probably like 10 minutes, they're still both like really good in what they have to do. Mm, yeah. Which yeah, ones I agree. are they, sorry? At the party? The ones on the boat. Oh, oh, I know, yeah, the, Amanda Peet's the one who Steve Carell has the affair with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and yeah, the bald guy. Okay, yes. Yeah, and they're really The good guy stuff. from Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I know who he is. <laughs> I've not seen that film, but I recognise him from something. But mm. yeah, no, they were very good, yeah. Carry a laser down the darkness of my life. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Are you... Are you saying carry a laser? That's what it is. Why would anybody write a song called carry a laser? Because they like outer space. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. There was a bit in the film when I thought, oh, is this film going to take a dark turn? Mm. And it was when he offers Duncan, the main kid, a, a ride back in his car. Mm-hmm. And he's quite insistent. He's like, yeah, you know, come take a ride. It's the worst thing can happen. And mm. I'm like, you're 14, he's 14. Don't get in the car. Like, this film is not sending out good messages about, like, responsible. No. You do not get into a car with strange men. But... It turned out to be fine. It worked out fine. It worked out just fine in yeah. this instance. And yeah, he turned out to be a very lovely man. It's a testament to Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. I think so many actors playing that role, it would come across as unintentionally creepy or mm-hmm. cringy or not likeable. But he just manages to get that balance just right. Even though there was a lot going on in this, which was a bit creepy. Sure, sure, sure. That, we, that we've already mentioned. But he mm. still managed to make it you know, quite a, quite a lovable, happy, innocent character. Definitely, yeah. And that kind of really helps him out. And obviously that's how the Duncan character... Managed just to like grow in confidence and you know experience a bit of a journey on the film. I mean, a lot of that was just a big sort of gamble when he mm. says, "Oh, there's people who are break dancing there. Go and take their cardboard away." Yeah, thinking like, "Okay, he's going to get beat up like right away." <laughs> sure, because that's just how people would be. And like the other two people are there, are like that's a really bad idea. He's going to get yeah. hurt, and then it's <laughs> like, "Oh, that worked out well. Good job. That went good, and he didn't get hurt." Yeah, because nice. anybody that age who's somewhere they're not supposed to be, like a water park break dancing with cardboard or whatever, mm-hmm. they're not going to be like, "Oh yeah, sure, you can take it from us. That's not a problem." Yeah, <laughs> or you know, I see what they they went with there. Like, let's try and get a dance sequence into this. But it wasn't like if you can out dance us, then you can take this, which I could I could see happening yeah, um, in sure. in a film that's. Mm-hmm kind of realistic I mean obviously I've never seen this sort of thing in life but yeah <laughs> that just felt completely ridiculous to me yeah I thought there was going to be a scene after that with him quietly slipping those kids $20 or something like thanks <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have liked that that, that would have been, been good yeah. that would have been really good yeah yeah because then he just like becomes pop and lock it's like suddenly just because he has like passable dance moves he's like the hero I love his incredibly awkward dance I know I think it's my oh. favourite part of the film anytime he dances it was, per- it was perfect it's so cringy but also so endearing it's so I love sweet it. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm giving away all my drinking games here because one of them is actually whenever Duncan feels the spirits of the dance. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the breakdancing scene is lovely, but there's a scene early on that I thought really showed what a good actor the kid was without saying anything, where he comes downstairs and all the adults are dancing and it's it's Tony Collette and Amanda Peet that are dancing to that Kyrie Eleison song that Amanda Peet thinks is Carrie Eleison. And so he kind of reluctantly starts to like dance with them, but then he kind of starts getting into it a little bit. And he actually looks like he's having a really good time. But then the teenage girl comes through and says, get therapy. And then you just see his entire body just shut down and he slumps. And it's so heartbreaking. Mm. It was so sad, but it was so well done. Like, he didn't say anything. You just tell he had a little bit of confidence and she just took the wind right off his sails. Mm -hmm. It was just, aw. Poor kid. (laughs) Yeah, well, well. That's being a teenager for you, isn't it? It is. And that's what I I think this film captures being a teenager and that part of teenager. Like, even down to his... The thing with Peter, which is Alison Janney's son with the lazy eye, mm-hmm. maybe delving too much into my own childhood here. I don't know my own issues. But when you were in those kind of situations, especially like when you're on holiday or something, and there's like you among a lot of strangers, there's always a late a kid who's lamer than you who you're like, oh, I yeah. don't want to get stuck with that kid, and you, yeah. you know you're the next in line. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's weird though because like that kid wasn't lame. Like he was super confident, super cool, even yeah. though his mum is verbally really abusive. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, obviously yeah. to the film's comedy, yeah. but uh, yeah, like that, that, that kid's turned out pretty much all right. He did, well, and then he, get, he gets to come back at the end, and obviously when he goes to the party, mm. which is one of my favourite bits when Duncan's creeping away from like the, the holiday home after the big fight, and Peter just goes, take me with you! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my favourite bit with Peter is when he's outside with his mum. And she's like, where's the seagull? You can't just say, it's there. You need a point. I can't tell where you're looking. <laughs> so harsh, but so funny. Oh, it's great. You're not looking in the right place. Well, don't get mad at me, Peter. I don't know where you're looking. Forget it, it's gone. No, next time you say, look at the seagull, you just have to remember to point. Look at the seat. There goes one there. Now, look at the seagull, mother. I want to share it with you. Isn't it pretty? Look at the fence. Look at me. Look... Just point. Charlie, what was your favourite part of this film? I really liked the bit when Duncan gets forced to go to the beach, like as soon as they get there, because Trent and his mum want to bang, pretty much. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're very obvious about yeah. how much they just want to <laughs> go and have sex in this nice beach house. Yeah. So he gets forced to go to the beach with Trent, who's Steve Carell's daughter, and her friends. And just, like, their conversation, I was just, like, crying. It was so funny. (laughs) Just, like, typical, like, bitchy teenage girls on the beach. And she's like, Chad, Chad, Chad. And he's like, what? Aren't you going to go swimming? She's like, I'm tossing. We talked about this. (laughs) And also, one of her friends has my favorite line of the film where they're talking about some girl who's just been broken up with. And she's like, I just don't get her face. Yeah, I know. I (laughs) fell on it. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that scene. I was... Almost crying with laughter when I was watching yeah. that. I was watching it by myself as well. <laughs> Brilliant. What about yours, Harry? What was your favourite moment? Oh, it's difficult to say. I, th- I think probably when he, the first time he gets out the bike. I was going to say. For whatever reason, oh, yeah. it's the, the girliest bike in the world. And he gets it out and just emotionally cycles away into the distance. Yeah, it's a hard cut to him riding that bicycle. And there's like some really upbeat 80s pop song on. It's just like, oh. You, you ride that pink bike, Duncan. Yeah. You, you live your best life. Like, yeah. And I almost felt disappointed when there's like a scene about 20 minutes later where he takes all the like glitter off it. I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. You seem yeah. so happy. You don't change for anyone, Duncan. You be you. Uh, another bit I really liked. When the girl, Susanna, comes to the water park 
Mm. And then Sam Rockwell just gets on the Tannoy system and calls him over. Oh, and then yeah. when he's going back, he's just like, please inform the girl you're with that this whole conversation has been about her. Yes, this is very awkward for you. Enjoy your day. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a cute little montage of them getting to know each other and just doing stuff around the water park. And it's really sweet and it's really nice. Yeah. What was your favourite part, John? The bike was one of them. So many great Alison Janney lines. I, I mentioned, obviously... How was your winter? My niece got raped. Uh, but the one I really liked was when, when when they're on the boat and she comes, when they're taking the boat trip and she just comes staggering on and she's like, I've invited myself, accept it and move on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to have that self-confidence. Like. I really like, like one of her first lines as well was like, Chris finally came out. We all knew it was coming. He'd always take me from behind or something. Like yeah. that. His favorite view was always the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the insane oversharing with this woman. Yeah. She's literally just yeah. met. Like, <laughs> I liked the party scene a lot. The yeah. party scene at the water slide place when oh yeah that was really, really Jim good. Rush is leaving do yeah yeah well Jim Rush yeah. Jim Rush is oh I, I loved his line when they start spraying him with water and he's like my doctor said I shouldn't get my face wet <laughs> I know <laughs> you work at a water park I was like, you are in decidedly the wrong <laughs> career if that's an issue for you you should leave yeah. <laughs> but he does I love his line at the end yeah when they're all saying goodbye and he just pops up like yeah I'm back yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's the joke isn't it that he quits like every few days or something like mm. he's clearly never going to leave like, yeah. none of them are ever going to leave like, <laughs> yeah. even though he's probably got the most boring job in the park yeah actually that brings me to the next question did Duncan go on his summer holiday to the beach and a water park without bringing swimming trunks it seems to be the case doesn't because he had to borrow them from Jim Rash twice yeah if it was just once then yeah fine he was caught off guard mm-hmm. but twice well maybe like that's... his first day he didn't have yeah. trunks Maybe that's part of his kind of teenage self consciousness He's like, I'm not going to be on the beach. I'm not, you know, because teenagers always hate their bodies and stuff, you know. Like, mm, true, true. One of my biggest laugh out loud moments was in the montage of him when he gets the job at the water park and it cut this little, a little time jump to him just going from like pale white to just like baked bean orange. <laughs> <laughs> he suddenly looks like Pam St. Clement from EastEnders. It's just like. <laughs> um, what do you think of the bit where when the people get stuck in the flume? And then Sam Rockwell goes to the, the queue of people and says, I need a hero. I'm holding <laughs> out for a hero. <laughs> and none of them get it. Yeah. And I was, having spent so many Sam, have so many conversations with you about music, I was like, I know exactly where he's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that blank, uncomprehending stare. <laughs> I mean, did you know he was talking about a song? Yeah, because okay. it was in Shrek 2. Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. Okay, listen up. I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero to the end of the night. He's got to be strong, and he's got to be fast, and he's got to be fresh from the fight. Anybody? Footloose, Bonnie Tyler song, Kevin Bacon drives a tractor in a game of chicken. Nothing? Wow. How about the remake? Anybody seen the remake? The mum finds out that Steve Carell is cheating on her, but they don't break up, mm-hmm. and the son doesn't really understand. There's a big kind of confrontation scene where the son kind of shouts in front of the whole barbecue. Mm. It's just so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, so good. But I love how all the background extras are just like frozen. Just like they're all just like yeah. they might as well have popcorn. Like, what is this? Can we just talk about how he literally goes to punch a child in that scene as well? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's to be fair, that should have been like the line in the sand for Tony Collette. Like, you do not try and punch my child. But yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. On top of everything else. And the board game too. Oh, he's just so... Mm. He's so petty. Mm. So very petty. I, I hate that I'm, I'm like that with board games. <laughs> My girlfriend gets very annoyed when I'm always like, oh, you know, um, actually you need to pass go to get 200. And she's like, oh, just let's have fun. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I get where he's coming from with that one. Yeah. I understand that one. But that's the only time I will sympathise with Trent in this film. Uh, he didn't pass the Candy Cone Mountain. <laughs> and then Tony Collette's like, it's Candyland. It's fucking Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good as well, like, because they're arguing about Candyland, but, like, you can tell that they're not actually arguing about Candyland just from, like, the physical acting itself. Exactly, like- yeah. It's all symptomatic of deeper issues. But, yeah, so I guess that the end of the film is that they decide to leave the summer camp early because they will have this horrible time, except Duncan's actually had a great time because he's got all these new friends at the water park that he's got to leave behind. He kind of runs out and says his last goodbyes to Sam Rockwell. There's the little confrontation with the dad, with it's not, not with the dad, with Trent, uh, where Sam Rockoff stands up for the kid, and then they do the slide together. Mm-hmm. They come out together, they, come, they become legends, because they do it, they pass in the slide. We never find out how, because no. the film cannot afford to. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're driving home, and then Tony Collette, as you mentioned, kind of climbs into the back seat and sits with her son, and it's, it's lovely. It's like, oh, little moment of connection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, really like this one. Mm-hmm. Good. Cool. Okay, should we get some drinking games? Yes. Let's do it. Drink whenever somebody goes down a flume. Goes down a flume. Oh, that's good, yeah. Nice. Drink every time Alice and Janie is a bitch to her kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Actually, did her and her daughter actually have screen time together? At the beginning, sort of, when the daughter comes out onto like the, the balcony, mm. and she's like, hey, come over here, it's Trent and his new family or whatever, and then the daughter's just very sullen. And then it, there's lots of points when the daughter's sat outside on like the veranda or whatever it is, and you just hear Alice and Jenny yelling at her. Oh, yeah. But you, I don't think they're ever like, yeah. really on screen, particularly. Mm. But yeah, I like the scene when Peter comes back from the party at the end, and and she's like, "Where the hell have you been all night?" And she's like, "Shut up, woman!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was out. It's like she, it's like he's her errant husband or something. It's like yeah. I was out. <laughs> it's like I need to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's going to turn out okay. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like he's developed a strong coping mechanism for that nightmare of a mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where the hell have you been all night, young man? Not now, woman. What did you say to me? Well, talk when I get up, all right? Who are you talking to, buddy? Don't you walk away from yeah, me. I'm talking to you. You talk. Oh, you are not. Tammy's here. Like that. Oh, Where's your iPad? Lost it. You stop right Drink every time an adult is visibly drunk. Okay, yeah. Oh. There's lots of them. Yep, there's a fair, fair amount. That is a lot. Mm. Does that also cover when they're high, or oh, well, is that a separate one? No, no, high, I think double drink for high, totally, yeah. But, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a lot of that. And again, it's that kind of thing when you're not old enough to drink yourself, but you're old enough to be around adults who are drunk, and it's weird, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. And so I thought they captured that very well. But, I mean, Alice and Jenny had the best, because I think literally every time she's on screen, she's clearly hammered. Like, like she's <laughs> she's a day drinker. Mm. She is a total... I think, well, she almost I think always her has first a drink line is like, oh, yeah, I'm off the wagon again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm cool with it, it's fine. Like, yeah. But my, what my fa- it's, it's another little detail of which this film has so many. So she invites herself onto the boat trip, and there's a few scenes of them on the boat trip. And as they're getting off the boat... Everyone else is kind of okay, and she just staggers off that boat. Like, you can tell that everyone else has had, like, maybe two or three beers on this boat trip, and she's just been, like, knocking back six or seven. Mm. And she's just hammered. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I enjoyed that. Okay, my next one is drink for random insults or inaccurate descriptions. Such as? Such as almost anything that comes out of Sam Rockwell's mouth, essentially. And uh, obviously, Alison Janney and her son towards each other. Mm -hmm. Sure. Does Sam Rockwell particularly insulting? No, but he's got... That's where all the inaccurate descriptions come. He's oh, I ma- see. Make, makes up names for people. And oh, sure. It's... Oh, yeah, because the three little kids have these ridiculous like names like Rodriguez and Mingnar or something. Yeah, they're, they're Ishmael. All, like, Ishmael, and... yeah. Like, really yeah. weird ethnic names with yeah. little like, white kids. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. 
Very good. Does make me wonder. Uh, what are those kids there for? Are they just on holiday? Yeah, because they're there all the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is the dark, dark side plot in which he's actually got them in a dungeon most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I like the twist that they're his actual sons. Yeah, it's him and Mary Rudolph. They just haven't mentioned the fact that they've had three kids. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they've been together for like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I have a very similar one to that, which was Waterfall through every one of Owen's weird stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, I had a drink for sexual harassment. We've talked about it, but it's aggressive and it's there and it doesn't make me happy. Okay, yes, mm. sure. Like, not just, I mean, we've talked about the water slide scene. I feel like the way he is with Maya Rudolph, it's not quite sexual harassment because they clearly have some kind of relationship going on, mm. but he really undermines her a lot. Oh, it? yeah. It's like when, when she goes to tell him off. And this is when I, I found Sam Rockwell the least sympathetic, actually. When the water slide incident happens, he sends the, the black kid down to like clear the path and like mm-hmm. miraculously nobody gets hers. And she's like, this this ends now. This is this is how parks like this get shut down. And he just goes, isn't she sexy when she's angry? And oh. I was like, oh, what a dick. You're yeah. being a real dick. Yeah. And then she totally like chews him out. And I'm like, good for you, my, my Rudolph. Good for you. Mm. Yeah. Survive. Whoa, 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 whoa. We munchkin. are done with this now. Thank you. Nice. Gentlemen, no, no. What are you doing? What am I doing? Having fun. It's all good. Nobody got hurt. It's not all good. You can't do that. That is the reason the places like this get shut down. Is it me or is she very sexy right now? She's certainly got my attention. Right? You're an impressive man. I want to be you when I grow up. I'm so tired of this guy. Aren't you tired? Aren't you sick of yourself? I'm sick of it. My last one is drink for misuse of the PA system. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've got two more. I had a drink every time Trent patronizingly says buddy. Mm. Or just, well, I had a similar, which is just drink every time Trent's a dick. (laughs) Yeah, I had that. I thought that'd be too often. You'd just be downing drinks the whole film. We've covered most of them, but another one that really made me angry was when they're on, again, the boat trip where he forces him to wear that horrible life jacket. Oh, man, yeah. It's just so needlessly cruel. Mm. Like, and you, th- those are the bits when you think the mum would be like, hang on, like, yeah, you should really step in here. But yeah. It's just like little things as well when he gets up from the table and starts to walk away and he's like, hey, buddy, uh, we clean up after ourselves. And then they all go out and then he's just there like cleaning up all the plates by himself. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you cute boy. Horrible, horrible. Uh, my last one was drink every time Joan makes a snide comment at Pam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of side looks. And then when she comes out and her hair's the same. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, Slap that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't condone that. I want to... Yeah. I, <laughs> I meant she should slap her. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, I had a couple more. I, I drink every time Duncan dances, but we covered that. Drink for food porn. Because Tony Collette's character is a caterer, and there's lots of scenes where she's serving food. And I was like, damn, she really is a good cook. <laughs> Those dishes look delicious. Like, she was cooking some nice stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last one was a drink for loud beach clothing. <laughs> sure. Just very loud Hawaiian shirts and oh, yeah. crazy hats and, yeah, lots of that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, on to the next bit, because we're talking about Patreon. Oh, good. Oh, joy. <laughs> hey, it's an exciting part of the show. It should be. Let's see. Is this going to be the week? I think it might be. Okay. Um, so, Charlie, you might you might be aware, you might not, and also listeners. Um, we are available on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash set, you can support the show for as much or as little as you, as you feel we're worth. Charlie, how, do you, how, do you, how much do you think me and John are worth? Uh, like a million pounds a month, probably, something like that. Well, bear uh, in mind, this is a binding verbal contract and you have now, you know, so that's what you now have to oh, pay. Oh, uh, did I say a million? I meant, I meant <laughs> ten, sorry. <laughs> 
We'll take ten. Yeah, we'll take, take ten. I'll, I'll take ten. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just get onto patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, confirmation of that ten pound a month. Yeah. Well, yeah, if, if uh, well, Charlie, if you do give us that ten pound a month, <laughs> then for that you would get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review films from the cinema right now. You would also get the option to choose films for us to do on the main show, or if you wanted us to talk about a film that has sequels already, then we could just do that on on the bonus show. And, as always, if you do choose an episode that you want to actually come and guest on, then you're very, very welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that uh, once a month or something? I don't know. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah. And also, once a month, patrons can send in an advert, and then that will be played in every episode that month. Have you I done know it? that's not right. You're oh, doing it on purpose now. I genuinely thought that was the truth. Oh. <laughs> was, I, was, I, was I close? No, not even, not even on the same ballpark. So, if you I'm subscribe... I'm excited. To... I thought I had it. <laughs> if you subscribe to our Patreon for as little as $2 a month and you have something you would like to promote, be it another podcast or a business or a book or a film or anything you want to promote, we will give you a 30-second ad slot. So Can I take s- another shot of it? Okay, sure. And we will play each patron's ad slot uh, one after the other. So, like, one per episode, right? And that they all take it in turns or You're something? doing it on purpose now. I'm not <laughs> rising to this. <laughs> That also seems fair. No, oh. We will guarantee at least one promo slot per month for every single Patreon. Okay. So everybody gets one per month. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. You can record cool. it yourself, or we can just talk about you for 30 seconds. Oh, I, I wasn't consulted on this. Um, so it's yeah. been like over a year. Yeah, but I wasn't consulted on it. We consulted. <laughs> you set up the Patreon page. How can you possibly say you weren't consulted? I remember when you announced your Patreon page. It was a long time ago. Thank you, thank you. That's Do you it. remember what it was announced with? I don't remember this, but this was definitely among our initial package. Okay, okay. Well, well, I, I will, I will do my best to remember for next week. Please do. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can get all of that at patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, sequels. Okay, so as I kind of mentioned, one of my favourite things about this film is that it follows the story of Duncan, this one kid. But there's also a lot of, it seems, other stories happening around the edges that we don't necessarily see, but it kind of just hints at little bits and pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd like to do something that would explore those a little bit more. So I'm doing a prequel. Right. Okay. Starring Alison Janney, Steve Carell, Amanda Peet, and all of their extended friendship circle. You know, all the people who come to this holiday home every year. Are the Keegans going to be there? You've preempted me, yes. The Keegans are Oh, sorry. There, so, yeah. <laughs> No, 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 that's good. You, yeah, you're on, you're on the same page. I like it. <laughs> Sorry, which ones are the Keegans? They're the ones that Alison Janney is not talking to. So, okay. so it's like five years into the past, basically. <laughs> sure. But obviously this film is five years old, so I guess it's ten years. The characters are playing ten years younger than they played in this film, mm-hmm. if you think about it. I think most of them could pull that off. Like, none of them have aged hugely, I don't think. And I think you could have some fun with wigs and stuff to kind of, you know, yeah, and fashion you know, yeah, to, make, sure. to make the difference. In time. I think it'd be fine. So yeah, we've got Steve Carell... Alison Janney, Amanda Peet, and Hot Tub Time Machine guy. You know, the bald guy and the girl who Steve Cross oh, yeah. Those four. And then we've also got some new additions to the cast. So we have the Keegans, who Alison Janney's not talking to. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on who might play them? Like, actors of a similar age? I thought John C. Mm. Riley. That was the first male that came into Ooh. my head. That's a good shout. I like him. Yeah, he'd be good. Um, oh, I've forgotten her name. Uh, comedian uh, was in Female Ghostbusters. Kristen Wiig? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm not a million miles. Well, I had, uh, similarly, I had Will Ferrell mm. and Melissa McCarthy. Okay. Very well, close. They've both paired up with the people that we just suggested as well. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy was also a Ghostbuster. Will yeah. Ferrell and John C. Riley. they've done multiple films together. 
Oh, so they have. Great, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're the ones I'm going to go from. Very similar lines. Great, cool. So yeah, we're definitely pulling from that pool of actors anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also need to cast Alison Janney's gay husband. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? What about? Oh, I, I don't know his name, but that uh, the, the bald guy from How Did This Get Made? Paul Shear. Yeah, I guess. Sure. I mean, he's he's not gay, but no, I mean, not that you can't play gay, but sure. <laughs> I am. Is he? Have either of you watched the TV show The League? No, but that yeah, it's, is that's it that him. guy he's in the league? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard that show's great. I've not it's amazing. It. Uh, he has some great hats in that show also. Okay, sold. <laughs> sold. <laughs> uh, so I had David Hyde Pierce, who played Niles in, in Frasier, and also was in Wolf that we did recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. that tiny role in that. Just because, he, yeah, he, he's a gay actor. He's about the same age as these characters. He's very funny. Uh, and he's played straight characters before. Like In Frasier, it's funny because his character is so kind of effete and kind of campy. But the whole plot is that he's madly in love with Daphne, who's like one of the female leads in that thing. So just, again, I like this idea of someone being married to someone who's obviously a homosexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I had him, or possibly Jesse Tyler Ferguson, the ginger guy from Modern Family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or if you really want to go out there, Nathan Lane. Oh. <laughs> Isn't he... Isn't he a bit older than everybody else? No, Nathan Lane. He's about. I think he's about probably about 50, in his fifties now. So about the same age as Alison Janney. Yeah. Is he? Hey, what do you know Nathan Lane from? Uh, the people via via Simpson or whatever it is. No, that American Crime Story. Who did Nathan Lane play in American Crime Story? Someone. Okay. One, one, one of the lawyers. Okay. I didn't realize he was in that, but fine. Well, again, he's, he's, also he, he is Timon, right? Or Pumbo? Yeah, he's the voice of uh, Timon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought because he's very campy as well. He's, he's very camp and flamboyant, and it'd be funny to have Alice and Jenny married to him. Mm-hmm. But I think I might go with David Hyde Pierce. Okay, yeah. I think he. Solid I, could, choice. I can see him in this. Yeah. And finally, we need to cast Steve Carell's wife, who he's obviously in the future has divorced from. But ah, yes. So the, the mother of the, of the teenage girl. Okay, so what sort of character is she, is she going to be? Like quite a good character, and Steve Carell's bad to her, no. or is it going to be the other way around? I feel like they're, but at this point, they're in a horrible, loveless marriage and they both hate each other and they're both as bad as each other. Ah, okay, okay. So somebody who can play horrible. Maybe, oh, I've forgotten her name. She's in Still Alice, really famous, Ginger. Julianne Moore? Julianne Moore, yeah. yeah. Julianne Moore is a solid shout. Mm-hmm. Again, just because I was thinking of comedy people, not that Julianne Moore can't be funny, I had Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she'd be great. Yeah, I think Amy Poehler and Steve Carell as like a, a married couple who hate each other. Mm. I think there's instant comedy there. Yeah. I know she often plays nice characters, but I think she can definitely play evil characters as well. Like in Arrested Development when she's married to Job and they hate each other and they're just, you know. <laughs> nope, she's the, se- she's the seal um, person. It's in like season two or season one. She She's the, she's a, the seal rescue person. No, well, season two or season one is She's very a seal early on. Seller. That's a long yeah. time ago. She sells seals, that's it. She sells seals. She sells yeah. seals, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's one of those Arrested Development puns they love so much. Okay, great. So, basically, yes. So, we've got the Keegans, Will Ferrell and Melissa McCarthy. We've got Alison Janney's gay husband, who she's still married to at this point. Mm-hmm. David Hyde Pierce. And we've got Steve Carell's wife, played by Amy Puller. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, this is five years before the events of The Way We're Back. We find the characters as they all meet up in the summer house, or, you know, in this resort for their annual kind of summer get-together, where they all kind of just do the things that old friends do. You know, they get drunk, they ride the boat, they reminisce about the good old days, all that kind of good mm-hmm. stuff. All the stuff we kind of see them doing in this film as well. Mm. Uh, so as I mentioned, Steve Carell and Amy Poehler are obviously in a horrible, loveless marriage, and they both hate each other, but they're still trying to keep it together for the sake of their young daughter, who I guess would be about 
if she's like 15, 16 in the film, so I'm guessing she's like maybe 10 or 11 in this one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So obviously we're casting a younger actress. Yeah. Because it's harder to, to like age down <laughs> at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that would be funny in itself if we brought this woman who's now clearly going to be in like her mid-twenties or to late-twenties. So. <laughs> yeah, I'd love, love to see if they got somebody like, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio and just like made him play a 10-year-old. Sure, yeah. Oh, that would be disturbing. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just the thought of that made me feel uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> or they're... Johnny Depp. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Flat no. Flat no. So they both hate each other, but the only reason they're even attempting to stay together at this point is for the sake of this little girl. Nevertheless, they spend the entire movie completely ignoring her because mm-hmm. they're so busy fighting and having fun and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's just gonna be like a background character. So because she's like maybe nine or ten years old, maybe there's gonna be lots of background jokes where she's just in obviously dangerous situations. Like maybe she'll walk in a shot once, just like drinking beer or something because okay. nobody's noticed that she's picked up a beer or she'll be swinging from the seat just, nobody is paying attention to this chronically ignored child like what's her face from mermaids well she'd be a bit older than that but yeah very much like Christina Ricci and mermaids yeah. without having a, an older sister to like look out for her mm-hmm. she's just totally doing her own thing mm-hmm. she's just neglected completely which is why she's such a bitch in the main film mm-hmm. yeah fair so Alice and Jenny's husband they're still together at this point he's not left her but he is clearly a homosexual even if he hasn't quite come to terms with it himself yet and because she's such a dominant character, he's very henpecked. He's very, like, submissive. Like, she's very much the dominant in this relationship. So mm-hmm. he's just very shy and very, like, you know, beaten down. And he also mm-hmm. has a hopeless crush on Steve Carell. Like, he just really <laughs> fancies Steve Carell. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he was, like, oblivious to it. Like, yeah. Then we've got the characters Amanda Peet and Hot Tub Time Machine Guy. I think his name's Rob Cordry, I've written down. So him and anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Do you think, were they supposed to be a couple in the film? I assumed so, but then there were other scenes that... Did you think they were a couple? I, don't know I thought they were a couple, yeah. yeah. Amanda Peet is the one who he, who Steve Carell has the affair with. Okay. And then Rob Cordray is the bald guy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, got it. Did you assume they were in a relationship? Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were like married, but yeah. then there's there's bits... And this is actually what inspired the sequel, basically, because, spoiler, it's going to get into swinger territory. Because um, <laughs> they seem like a couple, but then obviously Amanda Peet cheats with Steve Carell, and also there's bits when Alice and Johnny kind of seems very touchy-feely and affectionate with Rob Corddry. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, maybe they're all just like in this open relationshipy kind of vibe. And you know. mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that's what gave me the idea. Anyway, their relationship is pretty much as we've seen in the film. So she's quite promiscuous, uh, he's a little bit more reserved, but essentially they they have quite a functional relationship. Like it's an open it's an open relationship. I'm I'm just saying it in this film. Yeah. They have an open relationship. They're both happy with it. They're comfortable with it, etc. Um. So they're probably the most well-adjusted characters in this film. I do think that the fact that she constantly mishears popular song lyrics should definitely be a running joke. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because okay. I really like that when he's like, "Are you singing Carrier Laser?" And she's like, "Yeah, those are the words." Like. <laughs> <laughs> So I think what other like famous misheard song lyrics are there? Like from like classic pop tunes? Oh, don't ask me. No. But there are um, I can't think of I'm any thinking of like stupid I know, I'm thinking of stupid ones like like a virgin, like a surgeon or something. Like, you know. But just weird out Yankovic. Basically, song. yeah. There's gonna be loads of running gags where she's gonna hear like a big eighties or famous pop song and totally mishear the lyric. And mm-hmm. she's gonna be like, What are you singing? But so that's just I thought that should be a nice little runner. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that's them. Mm-hmm. And then the Keegans, who we've not met before, who you know, who nobody's speaking to anymore mm-hmm. at this point. So they're a very, actually a very sweet and loving couple because I think Will Ferrell and Melissa McCarthy could definitely play like a believable like. So are they going to be the only sort of good people in this? No. And that's why no one talks to them anymore because they just don't fit. That's a good. That's a good angle, but that's not where I went. Where I went with it. Okay. I think they are when they're sober. They're like just a very sweet, loving couple. Like, you, mm-hmm. know, you can imagine them being... Because Melissa McCarthy plays sweet very well, and he plays sweet very well. So I can imagine... And they would look... 
if you saw those two together, you'd be like, yeah, they make sense as a couple. That mm. makes sense. So, yeah, they're both fat, a sweet, a happy couple, but they're also both terrible, terrible drunks. He's a weepy drunk, mm-hmm. and she is a very aggressive, angry, foul-mouthed drunk. Mm-hmm. And this is going to build to the bit at some point where she's going to call Alison Jenny a cunt. Because <laughs> I think Alyssa, Melissa McCarthy, again, can, can really go from zero to 60. And she can play like really sweet, sweet as apple pie, but she can also play very aggressive characters. Mm-hmm. So I really like the idea of her playing this like aggressive, angry drunk in like a full-on shouting match with Melissa McCarthy yep. with uh, Alison Jenny. <laughs> I can totally picture that. So yeah, it's just, the film's basically going to follow them, much like this film, just over the course of a summer as they're just kind of hanging out, doing the things old friends do. There's definitely going to be a disastrous board game night where Steve Carell and Amy Poehler get hugely competitive and ruin a game of Monopoly mm. for everyone. <laughs> Because Monopoly is obviously going to be the main thing. There's probably a reason they don't have Monopoly in the house anymore. It's been thrown out and like, never again, never again. That's how their marriage ended. Like, yeah, okay. In fact, yeah, I'm, I'm adding to this as I'm speaking. Their marriage is going to end over this Monopoly game. She's going to ask for a divorce when he won't give her Mayfair or something. Okay, yeah. It's, for, it's grounds. It's grounds. Like, like <laughs> let, let, let me not pay rent for me landing on your Mayfair hotel. Yeah. Or else I'm divorcing you. Yes. And, and she follows through. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's where their marriage ends. <laughs> I love that spiteful divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the no, 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 no. I, I hope that she doesn't really mean it, but there's one person on the game who's super serious about everything. Like, hey, you just said that in the game Monopoly. Mm. Like, if, if, if that happens, you've got to go through with that. Mm. And forces, forces, <laughs> forces the hand, yeah. yeah. Probably him, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> there's also going to be another boat trip in which Alison Janney and Melissa McCarthy are both going to get hammered. And they're going to have a full-on physical fight that's going to end with them both pushing each other into the water and having to be rescued. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a barbecue that Will Ferrell's character is going to totally ruin by constantly bursting into tears every time anyone reminds him of his recently deceased dog. Okay. Because I just like the idea of Will Ferrell playing a really mopey, depressed drunk. Like, yeah. Because, again, he's, he's good at that. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to culminate. This is, the film's going to like come together with the annual tradition at the end of the summer, like the last night together. They all go back to Steve Carell's house and throw all their keys into a mixing bowl and get on with some good old-fashioned partner swapping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you heard of that game, like how that works when like people swing? It's like everyone puts their car keys or some other house keys into a mm-hmm. bowl, and then people pull out a key, and the key they pull out is the person they're going to have sex with. Oh, right. So it's like random. I'm aware of this because my uncle made a joke that we should all do that at a family barbecue one <gasps> No! <laughs> yes. I was probably about 12. Oh my god. Okay, well that's cuz you mentioned earlier that you had a girlfriend so it's like if this was at a recent function like <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse like I think I it was way, just for well, the adults. I don't think I was invited to the party sure. thankfully. Even so. Yikes. <laughs> did they do it? <laughs> Harry's intrigued. <laughs> no, it did not happen unfortunately. That you know of. Anyway, <laughs> Save that for your podcast. <laughs> oh, could you get your own uncle onto your podcast? <laughs> Why did I do that? Sleeping with my sister. <laughs> that would fire me he's, he's uncle by marriage, so... Oh, okay. So makes it somewhat, a bit better. Somewhat less horrifying, but still. Okay. So yeah, they're playing the key game, basically. So, Alison Janney's husband obviously has, hugely has the hearts for Steve Carell, but he actually ends up pulling out Amanda Peet, mm-hmm. and he's going to be very disappointed in this. So I like that because obviously she's like the really hot one. So I like the idea that he's like, oh, okay. And he's going to reluctantly be like dragged into the bedroom. Like, mm. oh, you don't have to. Like, you know, just, <laughs> it's not going to be a satisfying experience for him. <laughs> Steve Carell is going to pull out Melissa McCarthy. He really wanted Amanda Peet, obviously, because we see that they've obviously got a bit of history in the 
actual film. Mm-hmm. But Melissa's totally up for it, and they actually have a pretty good time. Like, because she's pretty sexual. So, you know, in other, like Bridesmaid, she always plays quite a sexually aggressive person. I feel mm-hmm. like, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to have, they're going to enjoy themselves. You know, they're going to be, they're going to go with it. They're going to go with the game. Uh, Alice and Janney is going to end up with Rob Cordroy, the bald guy. And they're both totally here for it and end up having like a very full on like fuck fest. Because, because <laughs> I feel like Alice and Janney being like super super sexual would be very funny. It's something I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. So oh, they're they're definitely the ones who have the most like athletic. Like just, she's just gonna ride him, or, <laughs> or maybe he's gonna ride. Him. Actually, she's so gonna be on top. She's yeah. absolutely on top. So they're gonna just have the best time. She's throwing him up against the wall. Yeah, absolutely. She's very dominant. Yeah. So, but he likes that. Like they're, they're well matched for this. Like, <laughs> so that leaves Amy Poehler gets Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Which she's totally okay with. Him less so, though. He's less enthusiastic because she is terrifying uh, and very much into domination and S&M. <laughs> <laughs> so she basically picks his key, drags him into the bedroom, mm-hmm. and we just hear through the locked door, we just hear the sounds of whiplashes screaming and begging for mercy for the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah. So yeah, and then basically they have this full-on orgy. There's obviously lots of alcohol and drugs involved, you know, they're going to be doing coke and drinking lots, etc. Mm-hmm. So that all happens. And the next morning, they all wake up with massive hangovers, and in some cases, semi-serious injuries. <laughs> <laughs> but they all come stumbling out of the bedrooms and, you know, get back with their actual partners and pack up to leave. And then the film ends with them just saying, so, same time next summer? Sure. And then credits roll. Oh, dear. <laughs> so that was my prequel, Fifty Shades of Way, Way Back. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you take inspiration from the end of Sausage Party by any chance? Yeah, I was thinking that... <laughs> Not deliberately, but now that you mention it, I think subconsciously it might have been in there. Yeah. It's just ingrained in your brain forever now. That film has, you know, that, that film damaged me. <laughs> what, are you saying you wouldn't want to watch Alice and Janney porn? Come on. <laughs> I, I never said that at all. Did true, I? true, true, true. <laughs> Oof, okay, well, what a, what a, what, what, what a concept you, you brought, brought to the table there, John. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that was um, beautiful. So, Charlie, what have you brought? <laughs> um, it's quite different. <laughs> good, good. Um, mine. I'd have like been amazed a... if you come up with the same thing. Uh, mine is a straight sequel set sort of four or five years after. I haven't got a name for it, so you guys can possibly help me with the name and an ending. <laughs> cool. So it starts off, and it's uh, like an eighteen, nineteen-year-old Duncan driving. Like the same as opening as the first film, but it's just him driving in the car by himself, mm-hmm. and he pulls into like a cheap motel in the town, gets his bags out, checks in, and he goes and lays down on the bed, and I've put he starts smiling, puts his headphones on, and starts singing, "I can't fight this feeling anymore," just nice. to himself in the room. He's having a great time, mm-hmm. and uh, the next day he gets out and he walks straight to the water park. Mm-hmm. He walks over, he goes straight over to Owen, and he's surprised to see him, and he's you know really excited, and he's like, "Oh, you've grown so much, whatever, all that stuff," uh, and then. They go and he, he sort of sees everyone. He sees Roddy and Lewis again. Then Owen and Duncan go and sit down and have a chat and a catch up. So uh, Owen is Owen sa- the uh, sorry is Owen the um, Sam Rockwell character? Yeah, sorry, yeah, okay, Owen sure. Sam Rockwell. And then Roddy is the pervy guy, and Lewis sure. is the dean from Community. Jim Rash, sure. Jim yeah. Rash, that's his name, yeah. So uh, Owen says that him and Caitlin have a two-year-old child now. So he's that's trying my Rudolph, yeah, right, yeah, with my Rudolph, yeah. So he's sort of you know taking it more seriously, and he's not as wacky as he used to be. And um, Duncan says he's just graduated high school and he wanted to come back for one last summer here before he goes off to college. Mm-hmm. So Owen offers him a job for the summer, which Duncan accepts. And he's back working there and he's very happy about it. He's happy to be back around 
So the next day he turns up to his shift, gets his shirt, like, last time he can get some bathers from Lewis again, if you want to keep that joke running. <laughs> it could be the same bathers oh. in the same shirt, yeah. it's so oversized. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it probably just about fits at this point. Right? Has Lewis, like, gone grey or something now? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Lewis's moustache uh, is tinging with grey. Which yeah, one's I'm... Lewis again? The dean. The dean, okay, Jim sure. Rush. I'm guessing they've all basically got the same jobs and nothing's really changed. Apart yeah, from nothing's the, changed. Yeah, everything's yeah, just the Sam same. Sam Rockwell's got a son, but otherwise it's the same. I hope Sam Rockwell's rocking like a full dad bod at this point. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, Lewis has got to be counted down a day till he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. End of this week, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Duncan like puts his shirt on, he's in his uniform, and he starts to walk around, and he just realises that nothing's quite as he remembers it. Like, it's a lot quieter than he remembers it being, and everything looks a bit older, all the slides are getting a bit rusty, and he goes up to Roddy and realises how disgusting his ride with privileges is, and he just gets kind of grossed out by it and has to leave back Good. down the stairs. So he should, so he should. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so uh, he ends his first day, and he's still feeling quite optimistic about it, but he goes back to his hotel room, and then he thinks, oh, I'm not going to sit here, I'm going to go down for a walk to the beach. And on his way back, he decides to walk past Trent's old house, just to mm-hmm. sort of get some memories. And then as he's walking past, uh, Betty, who's Alice and Jenny, sees him through the window and runs out, makes some <laughs> inappropriate comment about how he's such a handsome young man now and he should come in and have sex with her. Something that... <laughs> That's probably literally word for word what she would say. They would really, like, be sitting around the bush with that one. So, <laughs> and so she invites him in because she's very friendly and he's sort of like, oh, no, I'm okay, thank you. I'm just going to, I need to head back. And then he sees Susanna, who's the daughter, mm-hmm. through the window and then that sort of changes his mind and he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll come in. So, uh, Peter, Duncan, and Susanna are all chatting around their table, having a drink. How's Peter's eye doing? Uh, yeah, just, my leg's died. Peter still has a very lazy eye, and Betty still talks about it all the time. Great. Aww. I feel that he's taken confidence from what Sam Rockwell said to him about how cool it looks, so he's just refused to get any more surgery. <laughs> okay, sure. So Duncan gets up to leave after a while, and um, Susanna's like, oh, I'll walk you out, and then he asks her out if she wants to go for dinner, which she accepts. So now he's, he's got a day. He's a little bit more confident than the first one, but he's not sort of the alpha male he was at the end of it. He sort of shrunk back into a show a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he keeps going to work at the water park, but he just notices more things that aren't the way that he remembers it. Like Owen now obviously has a child, so he can't hang out all the time. Roddy is just a creepy old man constantly. <laughs> and he just realizes that he's starting to feel like Lewis and he just wants to sort of leave the water park. It's not how he remembers it. Also, another thing about Roddy, when they go to the party, he's just letting in like, 10 like 20 year old girls to this party who i'm assuming don't know anyone else there it's very weird it's it's creepy yeah it's unsettling yeah roddy roddy needs to be addressed (laughs) (laughs) so um there's quite a few time jumps there can be quite a few montages there were quite a few montages in the first one so just imagine throughout the story there's a few like time jumping montages of him working at the thing and going out on dates with Susanna and stuff like that so um he goes out for dinner with Susanna and they chat about their family duncan is still living with his mum at home it's up to you. She can have a nice boyfriend or she can just be single, whatever you prefer. I think she kind of deserves a nice boyfriend after the way she was treated in the first one. Oh, yeah. Who'd play a nice boyfriend for Tony Collette? Hmm. Maybe John C. Riley. Yeah, I was thinking John C. Riley. Sure. I didn't use him in man in the end, and he is he's good at playing nice, dependable, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so she's now dating John C. Riley, the famous actor. It's a big yeah, deal great. Great. <laughs> She's really got up in the world. Fantastic. <laughs> and um, Susanna still talks coming. about how she's still not really seeing her dad as much as she'd like to, but she's away at college now, so she's not as like trapped by her mum as she was. So they're both a bit happier. Mm-hmm. After the restaurant, they go to the beach at night, and Duncan says that the reason he's here is because he was going to go to college, but he was having such like big doubts about such a big change in his life. 
So he wanted to come back to the happiest time he'd ever had, which was working at the water park. But he says he's just upset that it's not how it used to be. And Susanna tells him that, of course, it's not like the last time, but sometimes that's a good thing. And then she kisses him. And it's very nice. Okay, nice and sweet. Uh, So they start dating. You can have like a, their dating montage. And he keeps working at the water park. (laughs) Love a montage. Well done. Yes. (laughs) You can have some great 80s beats behind the montages as well. Yeah, I was about to ask. He starts to like sort of really dislike all the people that he works with, apart from Owen, who he still looks up to. I also have a side plot on this that I haven't written that Owen is trying to just be like a good dad to his kid. Because he says something in the first one about how his dad was horrible to him. And I feel like that you could do something with that, but I didn't have time to write it in. But that was my plan. That's why he's not in it that much. He's got his own side thing going on. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So he's starting to really dislike everyone else that works there, except for Owen, who he never sees. And Susanna tells him that it's okay to not want to be like people who used to be his idols, and that he should just take parts of everyone he meets and not just want to be like one person. So he sort of gets a bit uplifted by that. It's nice. I'm very near the end. This went very quickly. Okay. That's right. Drums went for uh, approximately two hours, um, <laughs> longer than it should have done. So uh... I'm sorry, this film inspired me so much. <laughs> Uh, so the summer starts to end. So I have sort of like my main, you know, sort of in the first one, the affair is like the thing that drags throughout and then there's a big blow off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sort of thing with that was the him working at the water park and disliking it was the thing that sort of built over time. And then maybe he just shouts at Susanna about something and she's like, hey, you're not even annoyed at me. You're annoyed at this. And that's sort of the blow off. And he's like, oh, OK, this is good. I can just be like, have the fun loving spirit of Roddy and the resilience of Lewis for sticking out a job he hates or something like that. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So the summer ends and he has to say goodbye to the water park staff. He has another heartfelt goodbye with Owen, who's now sort of taken some lessons from maybe what, uh, like Duncan said to him about how he helped him in confidence and things like that to be a good father. And he goes and says goodbye to the others, but he doesn't really care. And then the <laughs> thing I'm stuck on is he says goodbye to Susanna, but mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know whether they should just split. He should switch colleges to go to college with her so they can be together or she should go with him in the car Uh, give me your input please i feel like it was a summer fling i don't think it's like a lifer so i think it should be like you know maybe that's fair to decide maybe he's like maybe he's put all this pressure on himself because that would fit in with what you were saying about having to go back and everything be the same yeah that's a good idea he's like he comes back and it's like you know because this is the girl i fell in love with on that trip five years ago Mm. and so then maybe they had a really nice summer but then he's like you know now what you know maybe we should maybe i should maybe maybe he offers to drop out of college and go and just be with her the whole time and she's like no it was a summer fling go and live your life you know you know maybe it's that maybe it's like you know not everything has to be forever well what about uh some some other reason why it can only just be a summer fling that maybe she's doing something she she's moving away, she's moving to another country. Sure, yeah. Or something, or like she's gonna go travelling around India for a year. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, Okay, well, you know, perhaps not start a relationship now then. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's important that she has her own stuff to do. She shouldn't just be like, you know Yeah, an extension of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That was what I was going towards, but I was like, I don't know, I don't I couldn't think of a way to make them like just end it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was nice because I wanted it to sort of be like an uplifting ending. Yeah. But them also to not be together and I couldn't think of a way to do that. So thank you. Actually guys. I think it should be that he gets out. he says, I've just dropped out of college for you and he's gonna get down on one knee and propose to her and she'll be like, You dumped boom credits. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Um I also had at one point, I don't know where to put this, but I wanted like, maybe he's just dropped Susanna back off of her house, and then he walks past and he sees Trent and Joan, mm-hmm. who are now 
a couple okay. getting out of their car mm. and Trent can be like, you fucking piece of shit, you ruined everything. And then him just be like, I literally can't remember who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a final like, fuck you to that guy who definitely deserved a bigger one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think of, of just if he sees that Trent and Joan are in a terrible relationship and they're not happy because Steve Carell's such an unpleasant person that he can never really be happy with anyone. So, yeah. 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 That was my, th- I don't have a name for it. Something like going back. I don't know. Maybe the way. Maybe the way way back to the way way back. The way way back to the way way back. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I mean, it. I'm spitballing here. Harry's looking at me with disdain, but I mean, can you, you do better? <laughs> oh, it's only it's only because I've done a sequel as well, and my title is kind of where we're getting to. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, sure. With the, with this little <laughs> thing. So, if I may, I've I've called mine back to the way way back. Back to the way way back. Okay, sure. So, Very nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think sequel names, Charlie. Yours and mine are going to be quite similar. Okay. Have you tried similar okay. territory? Yeah. A little, not 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 too much. I've, okay. I've gone in a very different direction. Okay, is Spider Man involved? No. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've only brought Spider Man in twice. Okay, fine. But he's my go-to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I'm struggling, go to Spider Man. Yeah. He's a good character. <laughs> okay, um, well, I guess we'll use this opportunity then to seek into your idea. But uh, yeah, I like that, Charlie. That was really good. Mm, yeah, I'd, oh, I'd watch that film. I would absolutely watch that film. Thanks. And it's much more likely to actually get made than a than sequel yours. that involves Alice and Johnny just riding a bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> it depends by which company. True. I'm sure there are loads of companies out there that would want to get Alice and Johnny in a film like that. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think after winning the Oscar, it's the obvious next step. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you get James Franco and Seth Rogen to, to write it, then yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 That was a good verbal shudder. Hey, Drew, what do you do every other Wednesday? Specifically every other Wednesday, I watch a movie, Nathan. Oh my gosh, I talk about movies every other Wednesday. Oh my gosh, if we take my movie watching and you're talking about movies... We can make a podcast! We can make a podcast, that'd be great! But what would we call it? I don't know, I mean, I get the feels for the movies. And I get the reels part of it. Man, if we combine the two, we could have... The Real Feels Podcast. I love it. Okay, you know what? We're going to find us on iTunes and Podbean. It's going to be great. Every other Wednesday. We're going to be the realist. The feelist. Okay, so mine, uh, like I say, is called Back to the Way Way Back. Okay. I've set mine a year after the original film, so the next summer. Sure, okay. Same actor? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I've not, I've, not, I've not got to see see what he looks like now. Well, but, uh, right, but I feel like the jump from 14 to... 19 is quite significant. Maybe, but you know, Tom Holland the other year was playing a 14-year-old Spider-Man, so oh, he, sure. he, he just about got away with it. Just got under the line. Okay, sure. Well, yeah, let's go with it, fine. Now, again, I, I've not looked up what uh, the actor of Duncan looks like now, but I'm imagining somebody with like a, a bit of stubble coming on yeah. in pretty good shape now as well. What's his name? Don't, don't look it up. Just, I don't uh... know. I want to see what he looks like. Okay, well, I, I hope I'm right. <laughs> He's born a, a month and a day before me. Oh, wow, okay. What have I done with my life? <laughs> <laughs> Not starred in an acclaimed indie film. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, I mean, I've typed in Liam James 2018. He kind of just looks... Well, he's only 19, he's going to look young. But yeah, he mm. still looks... Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think it's, I think this will work, Harry. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, yeah that, that, he's that, not like kid from Jerry Maguire did. No. So it's fine. <laughs> fair. Okay. I mean, that kid was about, what, five or something? Sure, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, so Duncan and his mum Pam, they're driving back to the same place as last year's summer break. Okay. Uh, mainly Duncan's doing that they want to go back there. Yeah. Um, obviously, Steve Carell is not in the picture right now. They've broken up. Absolutely, yeah. They're, they're completely separated. Good. Good. I did not realise it was his summer house. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
so uh, I guess they're going to somewhere else. Maybe she married him and then they had a quickie divorce and she got into the divorce. Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Okay, good, because then Alison Janney can still be in this. Great, cool, yeah. I mean, not that she's got a big plot point, but just like, yeah. she's fun. Oh, I know. They got married and then Steve Carell died under mysterious circumstances. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and she got everything. Um, there we go. Okay, well, we'll see how we'll see how this goes. That doesn't really add to this because this is going to be Tony Collette's story. Okay, this great. Is, this is not going to be Duncan's oh, story. Cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell largely the same plot as the first film, but switching the roles. Nice. Okay. So in the first film, obviously, it's Tony Collette who wants to go away, you know, with her with her new boyfriend to stay in a summer house. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this film, it's Duncan who wants to go away and go and see uh, what's her face, the girl next door, yeah. and get his summer job back. Sure. And Tony Collette's just tagging along because. She's got nothing better to do. Oh, um, that's, that's good. That's good, yeah. So I say that for whatever reason, she's split up with Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's... Well, she doesn't really know what she's she's doing with her life. She's struggling to make ends meet. She's having a really bad time. Mm-hmm. So she's you know, looking forward to a bit of a summer break to see how it goes. Sure. Duncan, on the other hand. So he's, in the last year, he has done really well. So he got that confidence from that one summer where he had a really good job. Mm-hmm. And he met a girl. And that kind of... You know, it, it went somewhere. You know, yeah. he had his first kiss, probably. Sure. And uh, yeah, in the last year, he's got a lot of confidence. He's got a little bit more popular at school. He's not the popular kid, but a fair bit more popular. Sure. Might have a girlfriend. Sure. He does have a girlfriend. Okay. Um, oh, so this isn't going to be him reuniting with Blondie then? No. Okay. But yeah, so I see they're both looking forward to this summer break for, for different reasons. Okay. So, they're, uh, welcome to be Alice and Janney again, who... Uh, the moment she comes on screen, goes off on another drunken rant about all the gossip around the town. Great. Um, which, uh, which you know, Pam, she, she's into. Yeah. Pam being Tony Collette. Yeah, she, they she, seem to become good friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's into it. Alison Janney, she was talking about how her son's got his eye fixed, but uh, she, she, she preferred it before it got fixed. It gave him character. Um, now he's just too bland. <laughs> so yeah, Duncan, um, he's going to go off and do pretty much exactly what he wants. Like the first day there, he gets on his bike, goes to the water Same park. bike? Same bike, yeah, of course. Great. Um, Did someone magically stick the tassels back on over the past like six months? Yes, with like super, super, super duper glue. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> it's, that, they're not, not going to come off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, goes to the water park, catches up with everybody there. Yeah, he'll probably spend some time there because there's some good fun characters to come back to. Whereas uh, Pam, she's, well, she's going to spend a lot of time by herself trying to... I don't know, just understand where she's going in her life and she's going to get into some kind of sport that's not cycling on a, on a little girl's bike. Sure. Like something a bit more elegant like jogging. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. And uh, she's going to find herself a new job as well. Okay. As a mobile librarian. A mobile... Seems somewhat inspired by your personal life. Yes. Uh, for context, my mother, <laughs> my mother was a mobile librarian before she retired. Um, I picked this because, my God, you get a lot of gossip. Okay, sure. As a, as a mobile <laughs> librarian, yeah. You oh, yeah. So uh, there's going to be there's definitely going to be a nice big montage here oh, that's good. of her on her delivery route, catching up with all the old birds, and you know, oh, hearing can, everything in the town. I know I've already kind of done a Fifty Shades of Grey, well only in the title, mm. but can this be like if it's like the year after? Can this be like when the Fifty Shades books blew up? So all because I think all these like rich beach ladies, <laughs> she's delivering like basically pawns all of them. Just like, all of them. I was like, oh my god. Okay, yeah, she's driving around in the pawn wagon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which she calls it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure, sure, sure. That's going to be the the first part of the film, really. Mm-hmm. Now, I've not written this very well because I was a bit rushed. Um, you? So, 
yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what? Um, at some point during the film, there's going to be kind of a mirroring of the uh, the party that happened. Okay. Um, so Duncan's going to be hosting a party. All the people from the from the water park are going to be there, plus a few others. You know, maybe lots of just random girls or sure. something, um, including what's her face from next door, the blonde girl. Yeah. Yeah. Alice um, Janney's daughter. Yes, and uh, Tony Collette's he's from a distance as uh, the the girl next door starts to kiss Duncan, and he doesn't sort of pull back or anything. Okay. Oh no. Oh. Remember, he's got a girlfriend. Oh no. Her son has become much just like her ex-boyfriend. Mm. Oh. She goes over, steps in, stops it, and uh, tells the girl that uh, he's got a girlfriend. Oh wow. And so. That's just what you want your mum to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, you don't go on holiday with your (laughs) mum. Mistake number one, Duncan. Yeah, she uh, she tries to tell Duncan off, but he uh, he runs into the shed, gets out his girl's bike, and uh, emotionally cycles off into night. Screw you, mum. Yeah. Like, there's still a party of people happening. Sure, sure, sure. Can the bike have like a little musical kind of, I don't know. Oh Wheels. sure, like, like there's little things that go in the spokes that yeah. just make a like a rustling yeah. noise. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Now that's pretty much all I've got for this idea. Okay. I don't, I, I have no idea how to finish this. Okay, but I feel like it's going somewhere. It's definitely going somewhere. Okay. In his film, he got the job, and that was his big thing to dive into and really give him confidence. And then there was a little bit of romance on the side. Mm. Not really sure if I want to lean into romance too much in this. Well, I was thinking if she's a mobile librarian. You know, she's going to be delivering to a lot of, like, bored housewives you know, with the Fifty Shades books and stuff. Mm-hmm. But maybe she also starts delivering books to, like, some widower or something. Okay. Yeah, or, so, or some div- or a divorced dad. Either a divorced dad or a widower who's around her age, mm. who's actually super nice and doesn't belittle her, doesn't chip away her self-confidence, actually mm-hmm. gives her a respectful relationship which she's never had before. Yeah. And teaches her to love herself. Yeah. And to have confidence in herself. And... Yeah, maybe that gives her the inner strength to confront her son and be like, no, you will not be like my ex because he was a dick. It's like it's combining the character of Sam Rockwell with the character of the girlfriend from the original. Like, mm-hmm. She finds someone who's both, like a love interest who also builds up her self-esteem. Oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah, that's a good idea. Because she's not going to have like, like a father a figure at her age. Well, she could, but it's not as realistic. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think that could work. And then maybe Duncan decides he wants to leave because his mum's just ruined the whole summer by, you know, saying that he's got a girlfriend and stuff. Mm. But she's like, you know what? No, I'm 45 years old. I don't need to go home with you. <laughs> I'm going to stay with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe. Or maybe her and the son have like a heart to heart. Maybe he comes back, you know. Yeah, like they, they need they need to make up by the end, yeah. definitely. And I think that he needs to he needs to say, look, mum, you're right. Yeah. Like I, I I need to I need to work some things out. Maybe, I mean, you don't need to show this if it's her story or not his, but maybe he cycles off on his pink bike mm. and gets drunk with Sam Rockwell. And maybe they have a heart to heart and he's like, you know what, you should respect your mom. You know, she's been through a lot and maybe, mm. you know, you need to see where she's coming from and why she doesn't approve of your behaving like this based on what she's been through. And then he goes back to her. She's had a conversation with her new boyfriend, etc. And he's, so she feels better. And they just, all the stuff in the first, in I say the first film, the actual film, mm-hmm. maybe they all, they both like come to terms. Of, like she apologizes for not, for not being there as much as a mother mm-hmm. when she should have been. She apologizes for a bit staying in a damaging relationship when her son was in a vulnerable age all this kind of stuff he forgives her she forgives him mm-hmm. they hug it out and they just have a great summer together yeah it's result- it resolves a lot of issues I think that's it cool that sounds lovely I would definitely watch both of those cool yeah. um, I did have a second idea as well oh god come on tick tock <laughs> go on <laughs> well it's essentially taking this film and turning it into a musical okay or something similar so I noticed a uh, well, one obvious similarity to Greece mm-hmm. in that it's essentially just a little summer romance. 
True. Summer loving. Have me out time. Exactly. Yeah. So now I thought, what would it be like if we essentially remade Greece, but with this cast? Okay. Interesting. Could that work? Maybe. Is this or, a play or, on the or, Friends game? Uh, a bit, yeah. <laughs> for a while. True, yeah. I feel like if John Travolta played the Steve Carell role, it would just be terrifying in a different way. God, yeah, it would. That is a scary man. <laughs> so, yeah. It would be a lot more threatening. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The, the cast of Greece are all like in their 70s now. Oh, I kind of meant the other way around. Get the cast of the way, way back to play the story of Greece. Okay, that's more doable. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, I guess. So, does that mean that Duncan's Danny Zuko? Yeah. I mean, my, my idea is completely flawed here. Because sure. the age ratings are completely <laughs> off. They are, but now I'm thinking because, like, how old was... John Travolta's supposed to be in Greece. Was he supposed to be like 15? Uh, They're in high school, weren't they? Yeah, it's they? a high school. And yeah, yeah, he was like 30. Six, right? six, 16, because they were all just leaving, weren't they? Okay, sure. Because if you think about that kid, he was actually probably was about 14 when he mm. played this role. And John, how John Travolta looks in Greece. Like he's... <laughs> well, I'm just thinking things like the Pink Ladies. They're pretty much already cast, aren't they? Sure, 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 yeah. The Steve Carell character, the Alison Janney character, they're all... They would be pretty good in uh, some kind of Greece remake. Are there a lot of adults in Greece? I mean, like the, playing the, adults? <laughs> Some teachers. <laughs> Some teachers, sure. So they could play the teachers. But... Ah, this is all flawed. Well, I was going to say, actually, I, I was <laughs> going to say, like, we've, we've not done the Friends game for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. But I feel like this film does have quite a large and diverse adult cast. Yes, it does. So I feel like we could actually, for this one, attempt the Friends game. Okay, Charlie, you. you, you I was thinking off. about the Friends game when I was watching it. I was trying to pick who would be who. Mm. Who do you think then? Well, Steve Crow is definitely Ross. Yeah. Oh yeah, 100% Aggressive, a bit of a dick Philanderous yeah. Sexist yeah. Wait, well, Neglectful to his child Yeah, yeah exactly, poor Ben <laughs> um, Who is Sam Rockwell? I think he'd be Joey Yeah mm. Like not the shot He's not Chandler, is he? I think that Sam Rockwell's going to be more Chandler Because then the guy at the top of the flume That's going to be Joey Oh, you make a good argument mm. Yeah That's true Okay, yeah, that, I, sp- I guess Sam Rockwell does make a lot of like Jokes, 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 jokes Yeah So, yeah, I can see that that, okay. that don't often land. They don't land a lot of the time. Yeah. I had um, Alice and Janney as Phoebe. I see. I was thinking Alice and Janney might be Janice. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> I don't know where that leaves Phoebe, but I thought you know, oversharing, obnoxious, really heavy on the eyeshadow. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, disgusting I, I, clothes. Like, I, th- I think that's yeah. a good shout. Okay, who's Tony Collette? I don't know, she's too nice to be any of them. I think, I, I think, I think maybe Rachel, just because she's a bit boring. I was thinking Monica, because maybe she's a bit more straight-laced than everybody else. All the other adult characters are kind of crazy, and she's kind of quite, you know... And Monica's whole thing is that she's quite boring sometimes. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say the a fair lady, I can't remember her name now, Joan. I'd say that would probably be Rachel. Amanda Pete. Yeah, 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 because she's like the sexy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's kind of like a bitch to people when she wants their man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I've got one. Uh, Jim Rash. Gunther. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Can Phoebe be Maya Rudolph then? Sam Rockwell's love interest. Yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah. good. That's I mean, good. Matthew Perry and Lisa Kudrow's love interest doesn't work for me, but I think those, as those characters, it would work. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who have we got left? Anybody? I think we've covered it, really. We? Okay, cool. I wasn't really listening. Um, so, well, <laughs> I'm always baffled when you say that you're not listening to a conversation you're actively participating in. <laughs> I, I'm just in autopilot most of the time. No, it doesn't show. <laughs> cool. Um, is, that, is that is that that? Or, I think so. Or yeah. were we still talking? Are you okay? <laughs> do, do you want to take a second to collect your thoughts? <laughs> no, I think I'm good. <laughs> well, we didn't say who Duncan was. Is that Ben? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think Duncan is probably the most Chandler-like, but he's a child. Yeah. Mm, I, I guess it is Ben by default. Yeah. Yeah, there's, well, there's not really any childlike characters other than Joey. No, and we've already used him as, you know... Nah, it's just making Ben, I guess. Okay, sure. Does that make the girl next door, does that make her Emma? Because that's steps. That's step siblings. Step. Yeah, that's awkward, isn't it? Work. I mean, you oh, no, very no, no, sad. Are they half-sister? Yeah, it's half-sister, of course, yeah. Yeah. That makes it worse. Makes it, yeah, why did you say that that, that was better? What? Oh, no, 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 sorry, as in uh, Steve Carell's daughter, I meant. Oh, I see, right, okay, sure. Oh, yeah, that would okay. actually yeah. be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I thought you meant... Um, no, 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 sorry. The love interest. Same, yeah, same, I thought you meant the love interest. <laughs> Initially I did, but then I corrected myself. Okay, good. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so I guess... <laughs> so that's the Friends game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, is it time to get to listener submissions? Listener submissions, yeah, certainly. Do you have any? No, I forgot to put the call out. I'm I'm sorry. You are useless. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Well, fortunately, one of us is a professional. <laughs> so uh, this was actually quite a popular choice. Oh god, like, it. it was. <laughs> yeah, you used to, I bet you would have got loads of you out there. I but... probably would. I'm sorry, Charlie. I feel like I let you down. It's okay. I forgive you. Okay, thank you. Good. Um, John never does, but it's fair. <laughs> It's a lot to forgive. <laughs> I do keep forgiving, it just keeps piling up again. It's, not, it's hard to get through it all. So, here are some of the submissions we had from our listeners. Uh, Adam Capitanio said, they're here, here now. <laughs> there's lots of these. If you're going to drink on this, I'll definitely say drink for uh, calendar-based humour. Okay. Yeah. Dennis Fanning said, the way back, follow by back, then forward a bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Wayne Dyer said, the way, way back, and then just a little to the left. <laughs> He's spotting a theme here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike Carey said, baby got way, way back. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Has anyone seen the TV show American Vandal? Yes. Mm. Oh, you have? Okay, so you'll get this. I do not. Connor Crehan said, cross it over with American Vandal and have the way, way back, boys. Does that mean anything to you? I still... I don't get it. No. Oh, well. Mm. Fail, Conor Crean. Fail. <laughs> <laughs> Although American Vandal is very good. You should both watch it. It's very funny. Sure, okay. Adam Hlava said, Sister Act 3, way, way back in the habits. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's the best thing that's happened to this podcast. That is good. That's a good one. <laughs> in the, all 90 episodes. Wow, okay. Um, I, I, need, I need to text some people. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Martinez had a selection of ideas. Mm-hmm. They're not quite so far back, which I guess would make sense if it was a more recent film. Okay, yeah. Two Way Too Back. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, classic. And The Way Way Back, Tokyo Drift. Nice. Nice. Okay, <laughs> yep. Two solid choices. Always good. Okay. Michael David didn't have a sequel idea. He just said, I love this movie so much. I have no jokes. I just really love this movie. So I thought I'd just put that out there. That okay. Michael David loved this film. So, yeah. Good. You've chosen well, Charlie. You really have. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'm glad. I was nervous about my choice, but I'm mm. glad that it's come off nicely. Yeah. Shave Primrose said, the way, 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 way back. A dinosaur movie? <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. Blokebusters, at Blokebusters, said, the way back, just the one way this time. We see Sam Rockwell's character as a younger child, growing up and learning the ropes of the pool while his family goes through a divorce. He swears that he'll be a better dad than his own father, which causes his own father to leave for good. He meets a few of the characters that we saw in the original film, cementing friendships and relationships. So I'm guessing that's like Maya Rudolph, Jim Rash, Nat Faxon, etc. Uh, we see him moving up the ranks at the water park. 
And the movie ends on the first on his first day as the manager, where we see he's finally re- reached a place where he's happy in his life. So, yeah, just a nice little prequel, I guess. Yeah, I like that. That's really nice. Yeah, that could, that, that's a film I could see. I happening. don't know why. I always assumed that he just like inherited the water park because I couldn't imagine how he got promoted once. True. Yeah. It's. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. It's weird. There's a, there's a line in the trailer that must have you know often trailers have lines that aren't in the actual film. There's a line in the yeah. trailer where he's like saying all this terrible stuff to Maya Rudolph and she's like, how do you earn more money than me? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why did you cut that line? That's true. Like, how did he get this job? She's much more qualified. Anyway. Uh, can... Wait, didn't he say that he inherited it or something? That's what Charlie just said two minutes ago. Huh? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus. This is what I have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, the contrarians. I remember you saying that. Will now. you please just stay in the room? My God. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, the contrarians podcast at Contrarian Prime said the way way sideways. Tony Collette and her kid decide to take a break and spend their next holiday at a vineyard. Mm-hmm. There, they meet a pretentious writer and wine connoisseur who tries to seduce Tony Collette's character. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the kid befriends the writer's carefree slacker buddy. So. I know for a fact that you have no idea what this is about because Sideways came up a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. that we have done on this podcast and talked about at length. No, I remember Sideways. Okay, cool. So this is a crossover between The Way We're Back and Sideways. So Tony Clark obviously dumps Steve Carell, gets a new boyfriend who is Paul Giamatti from Sideways, Mm -hmm. and uh, Duncan hangs out with um, the other guy from Sideways, (laughs) Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would work, actually. They're kind of similar films. Mm. Sorry, did I forget about Sideways a couple of weeks ago? I mentioned Virginia Madsen in the Red Red Riding Hood episode, and you were like, who? Oh, what? Yeah, no, uh, I don't know who that is. No. The love interest in Sideways. Sure. Does a long speech about wine. Don't they all? Isn't that what the film is? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, fine. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle that we've got to 100 episodes. Or if we get to 100 episodes, it's going to be a fucking miracle. Yeah. <laughs> The end of the hundredth one is just going to be you strangling Harry. Basically, yeah, I'm gonna, it's going to end with my suicide. Yeah, I'm just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> At one Aussie nerd one, Daniel Tickner, our friend and a Patreon supporter, says the way way forward. The characters time travel to the year 2018, and <laughs> looking at the current political situation, assume something has gone horribly wrong. Oh, <laughs> dark, but edgy, yeah, but fair. Yeah, false starts podcast at false starts pod said the way way back, but it's spelled W H E Y. So the way, way back. Uh, uh, okay. yes, Steve Carell, and this is Steve Carell's diet and exercise regime for, for that lovely bit of back he had in this film. <laughs> I've got to say, Steve Carell looked buff in this. I was quite surprised. I was he like, did. yeah, th- I'm not used to you looking like that, Steve Carell. But yeah. yeah, he clearly worked on a summer pod. He did, yeah. Uh, and finally, We Watched a Thing, at We Watched a Thing, said, the way, way there and back again. A young Bilbo Baggins comes of age as he transports from Hobbiton <laughs> to small town America. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. I saved all the best oh, for last time. <laughs> so yeah, those are our listener submissions for The Way We're Back. If you have any sequel ideas for The Way We're Back or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Spotify, Google Play. You name it, we're on it. If we're not, let us know. We should be on it. You can also contact us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. Our Patreon is at patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And we have merchandise available at tpublic.com. So, Harry, next week, what's happening? Okay. This one should be a bit crazy. Okay. This is a film chosen by my own mother. So it's going to be dark, disturbing, and... 
horrifying and upsetting. Mm-hmm. Great, cool. Um, it is a film called Bait. I've never heard of Bait. Oh, brilliant. B-A-I-T as in like fish bait? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't look it up. If you, if, you can, if you can get away without knowing what it is, then I reckon you'll have a much better time with it. Well, I need to acquire a copy of it, so uh, I can't not Google it. Came out in 2012. Okay, fine. Can I ask where this comes from? You know, I have no idea. I, maybe, the, maybe the library. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know where she gets her films from. Okay. I mean, more recently is Netflix, but they've been cracking on about this one for bloody ages. Your parents have. Yeah. I've literally never heard of it. I've never heard of Bay either. Oh, it's, it's. Have you seen it already? No, I've not. Okay. I, I, I know what it is. Okay. But um. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. If, uh, if if any listeners have heard of it, they'll be uh, they'll be enjoying that we're going to do it. Okay, that's fair. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so I guess that means that next week we're going to do a film called Bait. Mm. Uh, so before we sign off, I think we should just finally say thank you very much, Charlie, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Would you like to just take this opportunity to once again just plug your podcast? Oh, yes. So uh, like I said at the start, I do a podcast called Why Did I Do That? where we share embarrassing stories and just try and laugh at ourselves, basically. Uh, I Like I said at the start, I've had Harry on it, and he talks about his time in Amsterdam. I've also had Phil Better and Rory Spence, who are on this two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. Two weeks ago, yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago. So if you like them on there, you can check them out. I also have another podcast coming. Can I plug that one quickly? Or Go ahead, yeah. Okay, so this is the most accessible podcast ever. It's called A Podcast for Everyone, and it's where me and Carlisle, who does another podcast, we do a deep dive, deep analysis into the lyrics to Busted songs. <laughs> that sounds good. Oh, Have you man. done Air Hostess yet? Not yet, no. We've only, we're have only we going through them in order of albums and singles. So we've done a What I Go to School For and You Said No slash Crash and Burn, depending on which title you call it. <sighs> what was that okay. called again? Uh, it's called A Podcast for Everyone, which is their second title is called A Present for Everyone. So yeah. we thought... That's good. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait to get to Air Hostess because it's one of my favourite terrible lyrics of all time. <laughs> I messed my it pants should. when we flew over France. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used it to will... love Busted as a kid. They were literally my favourite band. Them oh, me and too. Avril Lavigne, the best. Well, we'll get you on an episode, Harry. <laughs> oh yeah, please do. you have do. a particular song you have in mind, just let us know. Year 3000. The first episode will be out by the time this episode is out, so just search for it on iTunes and stuff like that, Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. Mm. Great stuff. Oh, lovely. Okay, well, blooming hell. Um, and before we sign off, John, we did say that we had a big announcement to make. Oh, we do have a big announcement. You've forgotten, didn't you? I did. Oh, excuse <gasps> well, would me. would you look at that? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so listeners, you might have noticed this is episode 90. Nice mm. round number. Well, there's another big round number coming up. Episode 100. Yeah. And uh, so for that, we've decided we are going to do a live show. Um, we're going to see how that goes. Maybe it'll be an absolute train wreck, mm-hmm. but you're all invited to come and watch. Please, yeah, please do. Otherwise, we're just two people talking to ourselves in an empty room, and that's just what we do every week. But <laughs> if we've rented out a venue, it makes it a lot more depressing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, just in case it does go to absolute shit, we've uh, we, we, we've rented out the back room of our local pub. Mm-hmm. So that's the Chemic Tavern in Leeds, mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing this on the 19th of January, 2019. Well, that's news to me. Um, is it? Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that with me, Harry. I'm, Are you free? I'll make sure my schedule is clear for that. Great. Cool, great, great, great. Um, what day of the week is that? It's a Saturday. Okay. So we'll be releasing episode 99 on the 18th, and then we'll be doing the live show on the 19th. And then, sure. Yeah, that should be... Uh, Something. We're not fully sure what film we're going to do yet. It might be something like E.T. or The Sound of Music. We're not, we're it's not... going to be a big crowd pleaser. Yeah. It, yeah, it's going to be a classic. We've saved some just uh, in advance of this. Sure. 
Um, I'm not yet sure how we're going to decide which one we're going to do. Oh, see, we're throwing away bait now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Yeah, so, uh, well, if you're excited for that, then by the time this episode is out, there will be a Facebook event or something online that John will have put in the description. So just look look in the description, there'll be a link, and you can uh, mark yourself as attending. Yeah, sounds fun. So hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah. See you in January. And maybe if, if people who can't get to Leeds, but enough people are interested, maybe we could even look at maybe live streaming it. We'll look into this. We'll look into it. Yeah, we can't promise anything. But, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah. that, that, that adds a whole complication it adds to, another to, layer, to the event. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. But uh, at the very least, it will be recorded. So oh, yeah. It's, it will eventually become an episode. Yeah. Because it's on <laughs> iTunes. It's not just... <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. So um, that's the end of the show. It is the end of the show. So thank you once again, Charlie. Oh, thank you guys once again. No worries. And uh, yeah, good luck with the new show and with thank the you. and with why did I do that? Thank and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with bait. Yeah. All right. Uh, see you in January. Yeah, or next week, preferably. <laughs> well, you can hear us next week, but we'll see you in January. Yes. With our eyes, you can see us with your own eyes. Great. Poor you. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.